The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, Coach Mike, Lawson Smith in the house. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us this morning. Glad to have you on this Overcast, but not rainy. But not yeah. rainy. It's actually Thursday. starting to break up out there. I'm seeing some blue sky. Blue skies, smiling at me. <laughs> Nothing but blue skies. Do I see? That's good stuff right there. Uh, are, are we on the the front porch cam? Can you see the front porch? Look at yep. that. We got all four of us and the front porch cam on the Facebook Live. That was bothering Lawson. It really was. What? The not having all our yeah. faces, yeah, yeah. I fixed it. So. There you go. <laughs> Hashtag fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why that's why we have you. You understand yes. this, right? To fix oh, these, yeah. to fix these things, yeah. these Make mundane things issues, yeah. these these mundane issues that we re- that I really didn't care about, but <laughs> probably made the broadcast not as good. So that is why uh, you are uh, are here, and we appreciate you very. Very much. Um, <laughs> apparently, our stream is going in and out on on this TriStar Sports because my dad keeps saying Alexa keeps playing music and then you and then music and then you. <laughs> so apparently, well, according that's, according to our uh, indicator uh, here, we're ex- we're still on. So and uh, yet. I think yeah. it might be a and user yet. error in that situation. It, well. Ooh. It very well could be. It, Potentially? Lawson's, Lawson's over here talking trash about my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know me. This guy's doesn't mean in. he's wrong, does it? <laughs> he's probably not. I, how hard is it, though, to, to I mean, Alexa, play? Well, maybe it's not yeah. user error. Maybe it's Alexa error. I guess that's true. It very well yeah, could, be could be a software error. Yeah. Technology. <laughs> Tune in radio or Alexa skills or whatever it is. This may just may not be working. Who knows? Uh, we are glad to have you, though, down at WZYX, down in Franklin County. And, of course, our flagship, the the real mothership right here in the front porch studio at WKOM 1017 FM. Coming to you direct from Columbia, as George V would say. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, last night, the Atlanta Braves got a rare, great pitching performance. For I say great, it, it was it was good enough. It, yeah, uh, from that. Drew Smiley. And all I can think about is this right here. 
Kelly never got two things that match. <laughs> We've been talking about it all season. <laughs> Peanut butter, no jelly. Kool-Aid, no sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Ham, no burger. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. It just, um, it's absolutely insane. I keep saying it's getting tough to watch, and yet I keep watching. Like a, like a train wreck. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just yeah. FYI, as you see, there's nobody in the studio behind us, which means currently on WKRM is the Brave Free Game, game Show. <laughs> Thanks. JP sent me a text message, and I, I never even crossed my mind that he wasn't even in there. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. Braves pregame on uh, WKRM right now, but you don't you want can, to listen to that. You don't want to listen to that when you can listen to us exactly, because we're going to tell you what happened last night. Uh, again, another just poor performance at the plate from felt like everybody. I mean, Riley goes over four, a couple of strikeouts. Uh, Acuna was over four with a couple of strikeouts. Uh, Freddie one for three with a strikeout and a walk. I mean, just, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. And, and the toughest part about it is how bad the rest of the NL East is playing right now. I mean, yeah, this is an opportunity. You got a chance to just pull away and run away with it. And then you, you kind of join the rest of them in the mud. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And yet the bottom half of the lineup, once again, I mean, they each got a hit. Swanson extends the 10-game hit streak to 11 with a home run in the second inning. I yeah, think so. Bottom yeah, but, of the second. But again, a solo, right? Again, a solo. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and that's been the issue. Now, Riley, after getting trashed on Twitter, goes off on this incredible <laughs> run. We start praising him on Twitter, and he starts stinking again. And it's like, dude, quit reading Twitter. <laughs> Clearly, that's the issue here. That's it. Ozzy Albies with a couple of RBIs on two hits. So, at least somebody was having a good day. I'll take that. I'll take two hits. Dude's got like 15 doubles on the year, by the way. Yeah, but two out of nine, not exactly well, that's what I'm saying. We Not exactly setting the world on fire offensively. have more. There has to be more. And right now the Braves are just – they have – one, they're getting really good hitting on nights that they're getting really bad pitching. Or, or vice versa. vice versa. Last night, outside of our boy Luke Jackson – who has been nothing short of fantastic? You know, he threw. He threw. Uh, he 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 got five outs on nine pitches. Five outs, nine pitches. <laughs> that's insane. That's pretty efficient. That's efficient right there. <laughs> A lot of ground ball outs, which is what you're going to get out oh, of yeah. Luke Jackson when he's. When he's doing what he does. Well, he gets a lot of ground balls. It mm-hmm. just so happened that they used to find their way to the outfield. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Braves with the 5-3 loss last night to Washington. They go for a split of the series here in about an hour. The Braves 25-28, and 28, Washington 23-29. and 29. 
Starting for the host Braves will be Tucker Davidson. Has no record with a 4.50 ERA. Patrick Corbin, 3-4 and four with a 6.23, will go for the Nats. That's an 11.20 start on our sister station, 103.7 FM, where the pregame is currently airing, apparently. You can also see the game on Valley Sports Southeast if you have that. So, so tell me last night, this ground rule double would have, oh. been, would have been a triple. Oh, without question, it would have been a triple. And I think um, Pablo Sandoval came up behind Almonte on that in a pinch hitting role and struck out on a high fastball. But, you know, if Almonte's sitting on third, then all you're trying to do is get something up in the air and get that run in. And I think it was a 4-3 game at that time. So that would have tied, or it, it might have been three three. That was, might have been before it was Yon Gomes's home run. So yeah, that would have given you the lead if Almonte is at third and you get a sack fly right there. So yeah, that was a tough bounce. Mm. And um, Schwarber hurt himself on that dive. Had to come out of the ball game. But yeah, uh, you know if that ball stays in play with Schwarber down, who knows? I'm not sure how fast Almonte is. He might have got them all, but it certainly would have been three. That's unfortunate. Well, and that's As, kind of, yeah, it's kind of the way the season's gone. Anything that could go wrong has gone wrong for Absolutely. the Atlanta Braves. Absolutely. And yet they're still just. Yeah, do they have another guy games. named Murphy on their team? <laughs> first name Law. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, uh, yeah, first name Law, not Dale. Yeah. Yeah. Murphy, comma. Uh, it's, it's just brutal. And now tonight. Like you said, they're going for that for that uh, split of the four game series, and then you get the Dodgers. Who's that? Hey, you, you're gonna find <laughs> out. <laughs> and ask the ask the Cardinals who the Dodgers are after that fourteen three beat down they took last night. I'd ask the Reds, but I'm not sure they know. Yeah, so. because the Reds destroyed them. So hey, you never know. The the Reds who are awful. Swept the series. So, again, Dodgers, much like the Braves, kind of hot and cold. You never know what you're going to get. Right now, the Dodgers seem to be hot, though, and, and the it's Braves got, are and cold. It, I would tell you, it's got to be even more frustrating for the Dodgers and for their fans with the roster they've got. So. No doubt. Oh, man. And other baseball action uh, – Last night was, uh, I wanted to tell you, the the New York Yankees, who have been kind of much like the Braves over the last couple of years, just, just kind of hanging in. And this American League East has been wild. I mean, Yankees beat the Rays last night. Rays are, I think, they're either in the division lead or they're just behind the Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox. I think they're leading the division 35 and 22. But, you know, it it just seems like every time the Rays get to a point where they, you feel like, okay, they're going to solidify this thing. They run into the Yankees who may not be good against anybody else. And yet they just destroy the the Rays every single time. And I'm getting sick of it. I, I absolutely hate watching the Yankees be successful against good teams it, it's really frustrating. Do you know the answer to the question? 
Uh, yes. Um, the Rays are actually atop the division. Uh, the Yankees are three and a half games back, and Boston is two games back. Gotcha. Uh, it just it, and and yet you know every time, like I said, every time the Rays run into the Yankees, it it is it's like okay, you had your fun. Now we're gonna beat you, despite how bad we may be. It's unfortunate. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Um, you do nothing. You lose. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. Defeat, and it's it. very unfortunate. <laughs> um, do we want to get into these sounds? Um, briefly. Or did you want to hold them? No, until- we could, yeah, we could, we need, we probably need to talk about them anyway. So, uh, I'm not even sure what they did last night. They, they won. They, they, 14? 14. 14. Oh. Yep. So they will go for a franchise record tying 15th win in a row tonight against Charlotte at Charlotte. At Charlotte, the 7 4 win last night. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Zach Green, one for five with three strikeouts. That's tough. Left five on base. That's not that's not as bad as Jace Peterson who was zero for three and left six on base. <laughs> oh god! And they still and, won. And they still won. Uh, yeah, yeah. So again, they're going for that four, that fifteenth straight, um, which, as we mentioned yesterday, they initially achieved in nineteen ninety eight, and then they uh, in nineteen ninety five, I think it was. Then they tied it in twenty eighteen. So on quite the roll the Nashville sounds are this uh, yeah I mean when you're talking about 14 Zach Godley who got the win last night through seven through seven innings his ERA on the season is 090 and those are high school numbers (laughs) I mean geez 090 I mean, are guys just going up, taking three swings, and sitting down, or what? What's? I mean, the weird thing about this is, is that all it, it seems like the 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 crux of this team, the really you know the players who have been really good all year long, are guys who have had cups of coffee in the major leagues. Now, Jace Peterson, he played quite a bit for the Braves. Whether, I mean, at that particular time, I'm not sure. He uh, he was major league material, but it is what it is. But these are guys who who have not been very successful at the major league level, but they are absolutely just dominating at the AAA level. They so, call those four A players, and that's what they are. I mean, I it's mean, it's guys that that kill it at AAA, but when they get the chance at the next level, it just for whatever work. reason, it they doesn't. Just can't it, it doesn't. It doesn't translate for whatever reason, and. It it's always fascinating, and I, I covered the sounds for quite some time. And they had a pitching coach, Daryl Knowles, who I asked at one time, you know, what do you tell these guys when they go up, particularly for their first time? And he said, tell them to keep doing what they've been doing here because what you're doing here is good enough there. The problem is that a lot of guys don't think that what they're doing here is good enough there. They feel like they've got to do more. They've got to do extra because they're in the major leagues when the fact of the matter is, if you just keep doing what got you there. I was going to say, there's a reason they were called up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
And and I mean, Do you. Per- particularly for pitchers, I mean, it's sixty feet six inches. The plate is still seventeen inches wide. You know, regardless of what level you're playing at. Um, it must be a mental thing. It's absolutely a mental thing because you think that you've got to do more. Oh, I'm in the majors. These are major league hitters that I've got to make this curve break harder or I've got to throw faster or something like that. And they just over-prepare for it. Overthink it. Or, yeah, yeah. I would say overthink it is probably the better thing. If you just learn to – if they can just figure out how to trust themselves and, and stuff. Which, don't, don't, but that's don't, a, don't think you only hurt the team. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, coming up on a much-needed break, but before we get there, this day in Braves history, on June third, nineteen seventy-eight, the Braves and the Cubs tie a major league record using fourteen pitchers in a single game. Each team uses seven as the host Cubs defeat Atlanta eight six and in nine innings. They use fourteen pitchers in nine innings, and the Braves didn't even pitch the ninth. Um, starting for the Braves in that one was Phil Necro. He went five and a third. No, you can do the math there. That means um, a lot of pitchers used to two and a half innings. No, I'm sorry, I I, I was misreading. Ray Burris started for the Cubs. He went five and a third. Phil Necro only went two and a third. The knuckleball must not have been knuckling that day. Um, when was behind him? But he left. Um, let's see. He was followed by Craig Skoke, who, Eddie Solomon, Adrian Devine. I do remember that name. Yeah, that's the name I remember. Yeah, who who did not get an out. Um, Jamie Easterly, Dave Campbell, and Rick Camp. Rick Camp of the July 4th game. Yeah, um, so the Braves threw seven. The Cubs started Ray Burris. He was followed by Woody Fryman. Paul Russell, Donnie Moore, who got the win with one-third of an inning pitch. Um, Willie Hernandez, Dennis Lamp, and Bruce Suter with the two-out save for the Cubs in that 8-6 victory. So, 14 pitchers, one game. Yeah, well, and and only eight and and a half innings. Yeah. So, there you go. (laughs) Oh, man, my dad asked what the Trash Pandas did. He loves that nickname. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we can find him some more nicknames to love in minor league baseball. Yeah, no I doubt. think we're gonna. We used to have. We used to both have Montgomery Biscuits hats. We loved the Biscuits name. That was great too. So <laughs> anyway, uh, we are going to take a break. When we come back, it uh, will be Teresa Walker joining us on the Parks Murder Cells Hotline. So we will return right after this on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint to the Lee Company Studios. Stick around. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game, 
You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris yes here i am right here on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint in the front porch studio gotta love it the former office of our friend dan james now home to a bunch of my sports memorabilia (laughs) and uh, a random piano and four microphones. We like that. And a couple of computers. An iPad. (laughs) And four cell phones. Five, six, seven, eight cell phones. More more, more cell phones than you can shake a stick. Yeah. (laughs) We we got more cell phones (laughs) than I have ever seen in any place. So, yeah, we are excited to be here. well connected. Yeah, that we are. That we are. Uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today is coming to you from the Lee Company studio, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us down in Franklin County on WZYX and, of course, here on WKOM Facebook. We are back up. Uh, that was my fault. I didn't uh, didn't get rid of some old videos, so we are should be back up on Facebook now. We've, we are still on Twitter, so we appreciate you guys hanging out with us there as well. Um, really excited about our next guest because it's well, we, we love having her. We we always do. She's a big friend of the show, and so we are excited to uh, to welcome in. Well, she is an AP Pro Football writer, a four-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year. She is a member of the 2020 TSWA Hall of Fame. She covers the Tennessee Titans, the Nashville Predators, the Memphis Grizzlies, and she also covers college football and hoops. We welcome Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Good morning, gentlemen. I, after that intro, no wonder I feel tired this morning. <laughs> did, I, did I miss anything? I, I don't think so. Well, maybe Olympics, because uh, I am scheduled uh, to leave July 21st for Tokyo, Mm-mm. my sixth Olympics. Mm-mm. Good job. See, you had one job. Well, she's been to so many, so, you know. Well, you did, you did mention, fail to mention a con- certain connection you have to this, uh, to this oh, studio. Yeah, oh, yeah. And she's my mom. <laughs> yeah, she's my she's mom. also the uh, mother of the greatest intern to ever grace this uh, studio. Oh, you wow. and Andrew might have to fight. <laughs> Don't show up tomorrow. <laughs> All, all I can say is that, uh, you know, sometimes greatness does follow in greatness. But, uh, you know, he does have the blessing of, you know, having my married name, not my professional name, which, you know, hopefully will help ease the expectations that follow him. Although, you know, you know let's just mention, uh, people know me. You know, I, I, I hate to tell him this sometimes, but it's like, I don't think he quite understands how many people. And in fact, Mo, you were the one who pointed that out to him. It was he was helping me in a Music City Bowl once once upon a time, and uh, interning for me in a way. Uh, and, and and you pointed out to him. He's like, Mom, you you know an awful lot of people here, and it's like, well, and you pointed out to him. Well, yeah, 
you know, a lot of people do know your mom. So sorry, kid. I've learned since then. One thing's for sure. He does not lack for confidence, Teresa. Clearly. <laughs> so. Well, you know, sometimes the ego doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> we understand. Um, speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Teresa Walker, whose um, introduction needs no follow-up, basically. But, Teresa, um, I saw on Twitter earlier this week – You've got a pretty big interview this afternoon, and I'm I'm really pumped for it. Uh, I think I've got a scheduling conflict, so I'm not going to be able to see it or hear it live. But it's certainly something that I plan to go back and try to catch up on later on today. Tell folks who you're going to be virtually rubbing elbows with later this afternoon. Well, I am very stoked about this. Uh, Carla Williams is the athletic director at Virginia. Once upon a time, worked at uh, Vanderbilt mm-hmm. and played college basketball at Georgia. Uh, Candace Story Lee of Vanderbilt. And then uh, Nina King, who is a little busy right about now. Mm-hmm. She's not the AD yet at Duke, but she will replace Kevin White, father of UT AD Danny White, on September 1st as Duke's next uh, athletic director. She's got a little bit of a to-do list starting already. Um, <laughs> having to replace Mike Krzyzewski uh, as men's basketball coach. But yeah, talk, these are the three women, the only three black female athletic directors in a Power 5 conference. Uh, and there's just the three. Carla Williams was hired in uh, late of 2017. Candace was uh, promoted to the job I thought she should have had from the start last year in in May. And uh, around, I think it was May 19th, Duke announced that uh, Nina King would be replacing Kevin White. So, you know, these three women going to get a chance to talk to them, a live conversation on Twitter. Yes, I was working out the technical kinks on this yesterday and uh, did a promo and there is a little delay. Sorry about that. I, I am I am used to working behind the scenes, talking and then talking to folks like you. Y'all take care of the technical stuff. So it's like you call me, I get on. I, you know, so I've had to actually go behind the scenes and learn some of this stuff. But talking with these women, I think it'll go 30 to maybe 40, 45 minutes. But, you know, these women all know each other. And uh, I'm certainly looking to the con- forward to this conversation because as a woman in the sports industry, I've completely understood. I mean, once upon a time, uh, there were no other women in the state of Tennessee. So I was always incredibly grateful for, you know, the friendship of professionals like yourself, Mo, and helping me kind of wade into these waters back in the day. Uh, and, you know, so these women completely understand what it's like to now have the, you know, have a couple other women to be able to pick up the phone and have a conversation with, uh, dealing with some of the very same issues that, uh, yeah, all the other athletic directors are dealing with, but, you know, as a woman, it's just a little different. And so I, I can't wait to talk to these three women. And, and I, I just think Teresa, for, for all the reasons that you laid out there, I think you are uniquely qualified to kind of moderate this conversation, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, trust me. I've been going over my questions and uh, trying to get ready for it. Yeah, I'm feeling a little pressure for this one. But uh, the good thing is I know Candace, and I know that Candace is friends with these other two women. So hopefully that eases. But you know me, once I start talking, uh, you know, luckily all that kind of goes away. I just get busy talking. What I'm fascinated with is particularly the connection between Carla and Candace, Um, Carla being the first when she was named up at Virginia and then Candace last year. And I think Carla was on campus at Vanderbilt when, when Candace played 
at Vanderbilt. And so I would imagine that they've got a connection, a relationship that that transcends the professional portion of it. Well, and that's the thing. You've got these women, you know, here's the thing. I, I'm lucky to have now lots of women, uh, female friends in, in sports journalism. And it's great, you know, because, you know, we it, it's, it's sometimes it's just not, hey, how you doing? But, you know, sometimes we women are going through things that you, we can't have this conversation with a man about. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, when I was pregnant with the kid there in 1998, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, there weren't again there weren't hardly any women in the market and uh you know the, it was funny some of the most uh the, the 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 best considerations i had and conversations i had was actually willie davis was wide receiver with the then tennessee oilers and his wife had gone through a similar pregnancy and so anytime i'd come in that cramped locker room at bellevue he knew that i was looking for every trash can in the room because i was afraid i was going to lose it in there because it was a rough rough pregnancy and so i've been able to since give suggestions and tips to other women who've been going through pregnancy you can't you know sorry but you know too many guys no you're not you know not a lot of men especially young guys haven't had that experience yet and they certainly don't go go through it the way i went through it so it is going to be interesting because yeah and they all know each other and yes you know when i when when uh, nina king was promoted i talked to to Candace and you know it, it's a tight sorority shall we say not a fraternity among these women ADs or looming ADs with Nina King's case but you know they do know each other and and that's the fun part is they have a relationship and now they're you know it, it's got to help considering that they're facing and they're going to be graded in a way that uh, you know their male peers certainly aren't and uh, you know I'm familiar with that. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Teresa Walker, you know, it's it's interesting that it's these three schools specifically, the very high academic uh, focused schools who have uh, these three women as as athletic directors. I, I find that very intriguing uh, because I, I'm curious as to, you know, how that played into the decision to, to take on these three women. And, and I feel like, you know, when we look at the, the world of athletic directors across the, the country, this is a trend that is going to begin taking over uh, a lot of different schools uh, in the country. So how, how exciting is it to be able to, to kind of get in on the ground floor with these three to talk about what is clearly trending in that direction? Well, it's a great point. You know, Duke and, and Vanderbilt are both private schools, even though they're in power five. So maybe there's, you know, less, I don't know, you know, maybe it's easier to, to, to promote the right people in these situations. You know, Virginia is not a private school. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of wonder if maybe Georgia, you know, considering how much experience she had there, you know, she, she was in a, not only did she play at uh, Georgia, she was on Andy uh, Lee's staff when they went to a final four with national runner up in the nineties. And then she, you know, she worked there as a, as an associate or, you know, she was in that athletic director chain. Uh, and, but she also worked at Florida state Vanderbilt. And then she went to Virginia from Georgia and, you know, she's the one who hired Tina Thompson uh, as women's basketball coach there. And, you know, they won a national championship in basketball. I think it was under her tenure as full AD. So, you know, and, and you know, shoot, uh, Vanderbilt and Duke are both in the, you know, baseball tournament. 
starting tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow for both teams. Uh, so it's just, you know, but you look around other colleges, you know, look over in Knoxville, actually. Dante Plowman is the chancellor there, uh, you know, and she's done a pretty great job over the last year of riding her on the athletic department, uh, a, a part of the university that seems like it's, well, let's put it this way, it's had its issues over the last 10, 15 years easily. So, uh, and she seems to have brought some stability, not just to the university, but to the athletic department. And as I'm looking around, you're right, Chris, there do, there does seem to be, it, it feels like there's more women being at chancellors, presidents of universities. So it does seem to follow that, you know, especially with uh, Title IX having so many decades now under itself, that we're going to see more and more and more candidates and women rising to these athletic director jobs. So, uh, you know, and there are many other women out there. Okay, let's not forget. I'm, I'm only talking with the three black female ADs in Power Five conferences. There are more women athletic directors out there already, but it just seems that, you know, these women are working in athletics uh, may not be the side that we get all the attention, you know, because, you know, they're not at news conferences, they're not on sidelines or, or things like that, but, you know, they're, they're behind the scenes getting things done. Nina King, she was in, she was overseeing football and, and women's basketball over at Duke. And who did Duke hire as women's basketball coach? What just around, you know, it was Carol Lawson, somebody that we thought might be the new Tennessee coach. And said they, and so Fulmer ends up hiring Kelly Harper. One of the things that uh, Carol Lawson pointed out, she liked the diversity that Duke had in its administration and in the powers that be. Something that when as a UT board of trustee, I was on the meeting last year, I think it was in last June, where she kind of raised concerns about the lack of diversity at the University of Tennessee. So um, it's just fun to watch. And, you know, and Candace, she was kind of, she was the one who was riding herd on football before she, you know, before, you know, uh, they, they, they're misguided hire of shoot now i can't even remember malcolm's last name Turner. but you know they thank you malcolm turner they hired the president of the g league that you know from you know they were very proud of their out of the box hire and that lasted about a year and then they end up going to the person i thought should have had it all along a person who you know let's put it this way you know she Derek mason yes she had to fire him last december but you know he he supported her jerry stackhouse has been her in, in her corner um so it, because she was the person who had the point contact with these sports so you know they they're doing the work they've been doing the work and they're connected and i do think that this is a trend that we're going to see more and more. This sorority is going to grow faster sooner rather than later. We're on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press and mother of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today intern Lawson Smith. Um, And Teresa, um, one of the things that has come up over the last couple of weeks, I guess, in particular with you know, the college softball postseason, and I don't know how deep you get into specific topics with specific ADs during this conversation that you're going to have with, you know, Carla Williams, Nina King, and Candace Lee. But Vanderbilt softball, you never hear those together because Vanderbilt doesn't have it. Did we lose, Teresa? Okay. No, I'm here. I'm okay, here. good. I just heard a beep like somebody was beeping in. Um, is that a conversation that has taken place at high levels? Why doesn't Vandy have softball? Because I'm hearing it a pretty good bit. 
Well, you know, I, I've had so many conversations over the years, you know, David Williams. Uh, I don't, I haven't had that specific conversation yet with Candace, because uh, Lord, over the last year with the pandemic and she's been uh, a little busy. She's been a little busy, and then oh yeah, hiring a new football coach, new women's basketball coach, and and uh, so, but you know, as somebody who I used to play softball. You know, I played softball for twenty years. One reason why my knees are not in great shape, um, but uh, you know, in fact, I always thought that they would add maybe a swimming team beforehand. But you know, in conversations with Gordon Gee to, to David, etc., uh, you know, because they they were they were so close, you know, almost across the street to the Centennial Sportsplex and that pool, um, you know, and but let's face it, I. I, I did ask about adding a softball team once upon a time and you know it just seemed like that wasn't a sport at that time that was on their radar uh considering how much money the sec keeps throwing and the growth of softball and the college world series uh it just seems like that is a sport that would be easy to to dive into uh and, and be the final sec team into that pool uh you know if you look at what tim corbin's done in baseball you know why you know why can't you do that in softball so you know it's, it's not it's, i'd love to see it but uh you know i'm gonna put that down on my list of questions to ask i would love to see the sec softball in nashville too just because i want to see sec softball in nashville i want to go see it <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm for that for sure hey Here's the thing. What we're seeing, it, all the TV numbers seem, for all sports across the board just seem to be rising. And, uh, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with this College World Series uh, with the numbers because, you know, people are tuning back in. You know, it's really weird. You know, over the last year we were kind of locked down and maybe it's just because sports were in the wrong time of the calendar and our circadian rhythms were off. But, you know, the, the, the rating numbers are just way up. Uh, for almost everything this spring. So I'm very curious to see what the College World Series does in, in doing that. And I would say that uh, the answer that I got once upon a time was where would they put softball field over at Vanderbilt? And, uh, you know, space has not changed in, in that configuration for, you know, so, uh, but, you know, at a certain point, you to kind of have to make it do what it do and get into that pool, you would think. Mm. Is what it is. Thanks uh, so much for hanging out with us this morning, Teresa. We really appreciate it, and looking forward to, like we said, that uh, that conversation that you're going to be having today. Thank you. Turn in at uh, one o'clock central. Uh, it's on the AP Top Twenty Five on Twitter. And if you miss it, yes, it will be available because you know all you gotta do is go find that tweet, and the replay will be available. And uh, yes, I'm I'm gonna. I'm putting on my makeup today because uh, I did not have anything on for the promo yesterday. And I'm like, oh, my God. So please tune in. And if you miss it, tune in and watch the replay. It'll be available. Okay. Well, that I'm sure some of us will be doing. <laughs> we, I'll be tweeting it out so you'll be able to find it. All right. Sounds good. Teresa Walker you, with us. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press with us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We appreciate her time as she gets ready for this Big interview later on this afternoon, and with that, we're going to take a break here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay with us on the other side as we return to the Lee Company studio. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. 
When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, real quick, before we get to the rest of the show, <laughs> um... I want to tell you about Southern Middle Tennessee Outdoors on WZYX, a locally produced radio conversation with special guests involved in the outdoors environment from state parks, RV campgrounds, marinas, fishing guides, podcasters, TWRA specialists, etc., etc., covering all of Southern Middle Tennessee. That will air today at 105 on WZYX and also at at 5.05 p.m., also at Saturday at 7.05 a.m., so... Listen to that if you are getting ready to to use your summer to do some fishing or anything of the sort. Uh, over the weekend, as I was <clears throat> as I was traveling to one of the weddings that I was DJing up in Gallatin, as I was driving to the wedding, I, I passed by Poindexter Bait Company, and Poindexter's Bait Company is definitely the oldest building on that road. <laughs> it is it's it's it was something uh it, i mean the the paint outside faded and etc but it had been 17 years probably this month maybe next month since i'd been inside point extra bait company and the last time i was there i was with my granddad selling them fishing tackle and so when i walked in and you know, it just kind of took me back and i thought boy this is pretty cool and the guy said, can I help you? And I said, well, I really just came in for nostalgic sake. Uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of remember one of the one of the, the places that my granddad and I used to come. And he said, oh, who was your granddad? And I, I told him, and he said, oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> he just kind of blew him away. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So if you were planning on doing some fishing this summer, uh, check out Southern Middle Tennessee Outdoors. Always a a, a great uh, information source for outdoors in, in the area. That's on WZYX, and you can get that on worldwide, WZYXradio.net, I believe. I believe so. So, uh, we got about nine minutes to the, to the end of the show, to the top of the hour. Today is the 40th birthday of McLovin. It's McLovin's 40th birthday. <laughs> From from super bad, so there's that. Uh, it's not the 40th birthday of the United States Football League, but they did announce today that the rebirth is coming. That's pretty intriguing, They're I guess. Back. Which which rebirth? Well, this this will be an actual rebirth of the league, uh, kind of. 
it's obviously going to have the same logo. I think they had a USFL wannabe that, that had some folks who, who wanted to kind of make that happen a couple of years ago, but now they have the folks who are behind the spring league and perhaps even uh, the XFL folks uh, looking into uh, being a part of this. This is actually going to bring back the original logos, original cities, original team names, Houston Gamblers. Now, would they have had to have bought the rights to those, or how, how will that work from a legal standpoint? Who who would own the rights? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, who, especially since it was defunct. I was going to say, who, who who would care enough to sue them about it? Well, <laughs> well you can find somebody oh, to yeah, sue. Oh, yeah, you're mean, right. That's, so uh, you're right. That's a good question because um, – I know that when like the Arena Football League disbanded, mm-hmm. someone bought the rights. I don't know how long those rights are 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 good for. I guess forever. Um, I guess let's uh, let's let's Google that. In 2012, TampaBay.com says that Jamie Kuadra owns the Bandits. Uh, he owned the rights to the USFL logo and team names, and he had hoped to start the league in 2012. And I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. that happening. Um, I do not know if he still owns the rights. But my guess is that if he does, they've been purchased. Well, that would make sense, I guess. I mean, for them to go to the point of announcing this, um, you would think that that's a T that would have been crossed or an I that would have been dotted pretty early on. But at the same time, you know, yeah, things, especially do, things fall through cracks sometimes. Yeah, especially if this guy couldn't, you know, if he couldn't get the league off the ground, why, if somebody wants to buy them, sell them. Right. Get something out so of it. So get something out of it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you're going to end up seeing here. But um, this will be a spring league, which is the only way the USFL would have worked. Uh, or any other alternate football league, I think. I, I think so, too. I, I mean, it, to be honest, there's no real reason uh, to try to play at any other time. It. it Spring football can work so long as you have the ability to make it three years. Or to keep interest. Well, once you make it three years, you kind of build that fan base, right? Yeah. And the Arena Football League made it almost 30 years. And the only reason that it died the death it did is because of the input of John Elway and John Bon Jovi who basically did the same thing that Donald Trump did to the original USFL, and that's trying to make it something it's not, and got outrageous with contracts, et cetera. Um, I don't know what the plan is for this league, but if it's anything similar, I would expect to see, you know, just like the spring league right now, they're they're being smart with their money, right? They're they're playing games in two locations with eight teams, and I'm sure they're not paying these guys probably five hundred bucks a game. Maybe I don't know. 
But that's the only way a spring league can can survive for an extended period of time. Once you get to three years, then you can kind of maybe expand. But uh, it will be cool to see the Birmingham Stallions, the uh, Chicago Blitz, potentially Houston Gamblers, Jacksonville Bulls, um, the Memphis, Memphis South Showboats, Showboats. Yeah, the South Men. Oh, was South the, Men was uh, World League. Yes. Yeah. Wow. My bad. Yeah. The Showboats. Row, row, row your boat. Memphis had a dream. <laughs> then they got beaten the playoffs by the Stallions. <laughs> wow. Wow. My dad said he mm. sat at the top of the Liberty Bowl and uh, during that game. And the night before, Hank Jr. had a concert there, and it was crazy. And they brought out the showboat players and all this, that, and the other. And it was, it was wild. <laughs> um, Oklahoma Outlaws, the Pittsburgh Maulers. I don't know that you're going to see some of these bigger cities. I, I certainly expect to see St. Louis. Bet St. Louis is going to be involved. Obviously, they don't have – a former team, mm-hmm. but bet the St. Louis will be involved. Yeah. So, didn't they do? Uh, didn't they show some pretty good fan support when the uh, Battle Hawks came yes, in? Yes, exactly. NFL? That's his point. Yeah, but they were not a USFL city. But that doesn't mean they couldn't take Re- over a logo. Relocate. Or, yeah. yeah, a team couldn't relocate. Sure. I mean, that could certainly happen. But uh, should be interesting. Uh, I obviously am excited because I am a I'm that person who You're loves, that minor league football who loves the, guy. The weird minor league football stuff I'm here for it. So um tonight at First Horizon Park, uh Fields of Honor, Tennessee's jo- Rock and Jock Celebrity Softball game is tonight. Terry Bradshaw will throw out the first pitch. Uh Riley Green will be involved and uh first pitch is at six thirty five. They'll play softball at First Horizon Park. Should be a lot of fun. Tickets are still available. Just go to uh, thinkfoldsofhonor.com and you can grab some tickets there. All of the proceeds benefit Folds of Honor, which I believe is a uh, flags for veterans thing. So check them out. Should be fun. Uh, Sounds with their 14th win last night. That's a lot of fun too. We are going to get out of here on this Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. Finally. Finally Friday. Field trip? Uh, maybe. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we, will, we will certainly. We've got to uh, educate him on a couple of things here, don't yeah. we? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be uh, uh, back on WKOM tomorrow. Check us out. If you missed any part of the show, podcast, sm-tnsports.com. Check it out. For Coach Mike and Lawson Smith and Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yao saying you guys have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. <laughs>